The Garden of Eden wasn't like some little like urban farm and like a little corner of a lot. This was paradise, right? And he's like, you can eat anything that you want. It's all yours. And my friends, have you received and stepped into the permission that God has granted you to enjoy your life? A lot of the Christian life is filled with very serious things. We're God's messengers to the world, and he's entrusted us with the greatest and most important message of all time. That's worthy of taking life and your calling seriously. But Pastor Daniel is going to remind you today that that's not all there is to it. God has granted you permission to enjoy the life that he's given you. Right now, today, he wants you to revel in his gifts to you. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Genesis chapter 2 as he continues his message, How the Journey Began. Many of you know my story. I grew up, I wanted to be a musician. And I, was, I got out of college, I was playing music professionally. I mean, the first year after, out of college, I think I played over 300 shows that year. That's how you make your money as a musician. You just play a lot, you know? And I remember after a couple of years of doing that, and I was on the road and all these different things, and the whole music career was opening up, I just had this vision of Fusco on the cover of Bass Player magazine just looking like a boss, you know? It's like an upright, holding electric, like, you know? And, and I, I'll never forget it because, you know, I tried fasting. I'd, never, I'd read about it in the Bible and never tried it. And, 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 I, and I started asking the question, God, what have you created me for? And the Lord showed me, he's like, Daniel, I've given you music as a gift, but I've actually have something else for you to do. I want you to, I want you to pursue the ministry of the word. And I remember how terrifying that was. Because it's like I had all the, like, I, I had a job, you know, like I was paying my own bills. And this thing was all opening up. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm going to be a pastor. Like, what? You know? And I turned, I literally, I turned over a promising career to go be an intern at a church where I worked 40 hours a week for $500 a month. And my rent was 500 bucks a month. So pay minus tithe, I was already behind the eight ball. But you know what's amazing? God was in that move because he created me. Not that music's bad, but God had created me for something different. And I wonder how many of us, what you're doing is not what God created you for. It's just you're doing it because you know how to do it. And I want to encourage you to take a step of faith. I want to encourage you to seek the Lord and not be willing to just, well, I just do that because that's what I do and it doesn't matter. It does matter. Your vocation matters. One third of your life. And God cares about it. And God gave you work as a blessing, but your work will never be a blessing if you're willing just to accept doing whatever you do for the highest bidder. Does that make sense? So vocation matters. God gave Adam vocation before the fall. Now, from there, look at what happens. 
It says, and the Lord God, verse 16, commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. Now, when you think about the story of God and Adam and Eve in the garden, nobody ever talks about the fact that God gave them permission. I like to call this permission granted. See, in the garden, God gave Adam liberty. Before there's even any sort of prohibitions, there is liberty given. Out of all the trees of the garden, you may freely eat. Now, my friends, listen. God has granted you permission to enjoy this life that he has given you. They might think, well, really, you know? But man, this is a field note that's super important. That God has blessed you. God has granted you permission to enjoy. I mean, like, you got to realize that the Garden of Eden wasn't like some little, like, urban farm and like a little corner of a lot. This was paradise, right? And he's like, you can eat anything that you want. It's all yours. And my friends, have you received and stepped into the permission that God has granted you to enjoy your life. I think for a lot of us, we have this feeling like, well, if I enjoy my life, I might not be serious about Jesus. And don't miss the fact you meet a whole bunch of grumpy Christians who will make sure that if you're having fun, it ain't Jesus, you know? It's like because, you know, you follow Jesus, you got to be as boring as a stick in the mud. You know, God forbid you laugh, you know? And there's a lot of people like that, where it's almost like everything's like, oh, no, no. Like, it's like, like they think that everything in God's kingdom is no, when that's not the case at all. Like, you're going to see here, first you get liberty, and then you get one prohibition. And God is amazing that way. And brothers and sisters, I want you to enjoy the life that God has given you under the sun. If you're married, I want you to enjoy the spouse of your youth. If you have kids, I want you to enjoy those crazy people. You know, if you have a job, I want you to enjoy it. If you're single, I want you to enjoy the fact that God has you single. You know what I mean? Like, like there is a life that we have been granted permission to enjoy this side of eternity. And there's a whole lot of people who follow Jesus who aren't enjoying anything. And that's missing the point. That's why the Apostle Paul could say in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, and 1 Corinthians 10, verse 23, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought into the power of any. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Do you see what Paul's saying? He's saying, listen, I've been given freedom in Christ, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And I, all things are lawful, but not all things will help me. See, the beauty of freedom is that not everything that you utilize within your realm of freedom is good for you. You can do it, but it's not the best thing for you. And that's the beauty of freedom. And, see, and that's the beauty of the gospel. See, since the apostle Paul went around the Roman Empire, was preaching the grace of God, people would come up and say, no, you can't preach that grace stuff because when grace is involved, people are going to, they're going to, they're going to push the envelope. And when there's grace, they're going to, they need some rules, right? And you know what's amazing? 
Even though Paul wrote Galatians and he wrote Romans, he got all these books in there, you, go, you can find a lot of churches there that tell you, no, 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 it's not about grace. Good old-fashioned law. Let me put the boundaries around you because if you have freedom in Christ, all bets are off. You know any churches like that? Yeah. People come like, oh, man, you know, like, you know, like that, that liberty stuff is bad. I mean, like, man, pastors, you need, you need Fusco, you got to cut your hair, you know. God forbid you have any liberty in Christ. I was talking to a guy like that just the other day. I'm like, you know, in the Bible, it says that guys aren't supposed to cut the sides of their hair. So you the sinner. I'm like, I'm the only righteous guy in the room. Now, don't tweet that. Don't tweet that. You get me in trouble. You get me in trouble. But listen, you have liberty in Christ. Jesus bought that for you at the cross. And I believe that God wants you to enjoy it. Permission's been granted. Not only that, I mean, the Apostle Paul says this in Galatians 5, verses 1 and Galatians 5, verse 13. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Now, I think this is important again. See, Paul preaches liberty, but he says, but don't miss the fact that you could abuse that liberty and it could be something that's bad. And I think that's super important. That's actually maturity. When you realize that there's some aspects of liberty that will put you into a bad situation. And brothers and sisters, we need to seek the Lord to be able to step into the liberty within bounds that are super healthy. And I love this because God created Adam. He says, look, I'm going to bless you with work because your vocation matters. And I'm going to grant you permission to enjoy all these things. Like right now, like, so here at Crossroads, we're running two mission trips just for guys for one week to go to the Blackfeet Indian Reservation in Montana. Like, you realize, you guys, you have permission to take a week of your vacation and go and build houses so that Potter's Field interns, which is a ministry we love, can do kids' programs for that Indian reservation. Because in case you don't know, in Indian reservations, they don't have a lot of social services for kids. So it's like, you have permission to go do that. You have permission to go be a blessing in the world. You have permission from the Lord to enjoy the life. See, people all the time, they, they, make, they make it sound like God is like the biggest mean guy. Like I was talking to someone recently, they're like, oh, you know, like, I can't believe that, you know, this idea of tithing. I mean, like, you know, why is God so greedy? I'm like, the American government's way more greedy than God. Listen, if I was the almighty, I'd be like, listen, you keep 10 and live on 10, I'll get 90. <laughs> no one's liking that, right? But God's like, listen, no, no, listen, you have all this to enjoy. I, you just give me the first fruits and I'm good. Enjoy the rest. And people are like, oh, God's so mean. Listen, you can't even buy a soda pop in the city of Vancouver without Vancouver government taking nine and a quarter percent. And they don't give you salvation eternal in the Holy Spirit. You just, you pay that. He's like, man, I'll take my soda pop. Thank you very much. But people get all upset, like God's like this mean guy. No, no, he's given you liberty to enjoy the life that he's given you. And he wants us to turn that liberty and say, Lord, thank you very much for this life. I'm going to live into this life and I'm going to enjoy what you've given me. But you got to ask yourself, are you the kind of person, are you stepping into the permission that's been granted by God 
to enjoy a life of liberty in Christ. And listen, don't let any religious person try and undercut what Jesus bought for you on the cross. Man, I'm serious. It's a scary thing when you realize, man, good old-fashioned, rule-keeping, legalistic religions, big business. Let me tell you what to believe, how to believe it, how to live. I'm going to put all the... No, listen, you're free in Christ, my friends. But just make sure you don't use that liberty as an occasion for some rebellion. Make sense? So permission's been granted. But notice, in verse 16, you get this permission granted. You can eat whatever you want. And then in verse 17, it says, but. Now, you need to see that but, right? This is one of the not-so-glorious buts of the Bible. That word but, it's a contrasting word. You can eat whatever you want. And then verse 17, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. My friends, we need to learn how to guard our kryptonite. You need to guard your kryptonite. You're like, huh, kryptonite? You guys know kryptonite? For those of you who are older, it's Superman. For those of you who are younger, Supergirl. See, Superman had these great powers, so does Supergirl. But when the presence of this kryptonite was there, which is from the, the, wherever the world that they came from, all of a sudden it weakened them and diminished their ability to do the things that they're doing. And what's amazing here is God gave Adam complete liberty to eat any tree except for one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, in this text right here, it doesn't give us any explanation about that tree. The story really has no interest at this point in the character of the tree. All that it matters is that the reason God tells Adam not to eat of that tree, because if you eat of it, what will happen? You will surely die. Now, I'm here to tell you that's definitely kryptonite, right? Talk about weakening you. The eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil for Adam and Eve, it would cause death. And listen, I'm here to tell you that God loves you enough not to want you to get hurt. That's what God wants. So you have all this liberty, and then you have this one prohibition. Now, isn't it amazing? You talk to people about the Garden of Eden. They're like, oh, yeah, God's like, Mr. No, no, no. Here's all the rules. No, no. He says, you can eat everything. You have one prohibition. Why? Because God's saying, look, if you eat that, you're going to die. And I actually love you too much to want to see you off yourself. But you got to ask yourself, is your life in Christ weakened because instead of guarding your kryptonite, you play with it every day? That's the world that we live in. There are things that God has said don't do, and some of us do it every single day or often. Why? Because even though God wants something for us, we actually will take the weakened state. But you know what the problem with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Just like whatever it is is your own personal kryptonite, it doesn't weaken you. It kills you. It's a death sentence. My friends, you got to guard your kryptonite. You got to make sure that whatever the thing is that weakens you from living the life that God created you for has no place in you. I was reading a, a little section in a book about willpower, you know, and it was about willpower in regards to eating. Now, if you know, if you've been to any messages here, you know, I love food, right? If it's food, I'll eat it, you know, especially if it's unhealthy, sugar laden, full of carbs and processed, my preferred food group. 
right? What they tell you in these books is that willpower begins in the grocery store. Because you know what happens, right? You go to the grocery store, right? And you're like, man, okay, I'm going to the grocery store. I'm going to only buy good, healthy stuff. You know what happens, though? You walk down the hostess aisle. And those boxes of Twinkies just land in your cart. You know, I know what the problem with Twinkies are. They taste good with everything. Twinkies with your coffee, Twinkies with your omelet, Twinkies with your lunch, Twinkies with before bed. I mean, it's the perfect thing to put you to sleep. Right? Because you know what happens? You buy the thing, you bring it home, and then you don't want to waste money. That would be bad stewardship, right? And so, so, so you got it in the house, and so then all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, since I paid for it, I might as well just eat them. Right? Isn't that how it goes? Can I get an amen? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so the way to get around not eating the box of Twinkies is what? You don't stink and buy them. So I told Lynn she got to stop buying the Twinkies. She gave me that look. Because she knows she don't buy them. I'm the one who buys them. Every time I go to the store, the box of Twinkies ends up in the... I don't know. How, I used to say to her, I don't know how it got in there. She just looks at me. She's like, you got problems, bro. You need Jesus, you know? Isn't that what we do, though? It's like we have, we have things that are going to mess us up, and instead of guarding it, inst- instead of making sure it doesn't end up in the car, we invite the thing home with us. And you know what happens when that happens. And brothers and sisters, listen, God loves you too much to want you to hurt yourself. So are you guarding your kryptonite? Are you making sure that whatever your struggle is, whatever, and we all have them, that you are not inviting it into your house, into your life? See, because for Adam and Eve, the problem with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is once they ate of it, it was rebellion against God, and their eyes were open, they became self-conscious, and it separated them from the life of God, and it caused death. And I'm here to tell you, whatever your kryptonite is, it does the same thing. It separates you from God. And it causes death. And God loves you too much to want to mess around. He loves you too much to want to hurt yourself. But we kind of have a sickness that we like to hurt ourselves. Are you guarding your kryptonite? See, this is why it says, 1 John chapter 5, verses 2 and 3. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. We know we love God when we obey him and we keep his commandments. And the reason we keep his commandments is his commandments aren't burdensome. Why aren't they burdensome? Because the things that he doesn't want us to do hurt us. So we're grateful that God is saying, look, I don't want you to hurt yourself. But what's amazing is, is isn't it true? In a world full of liberty in Christ, the things that God prohibits are very small in comparison. But aren't they always the things that we want to do? God's like, I, you can have all the stuff to enjoy, but I really want to enjoy this one thing. That he's like, don't do it because it's going to kill you. And you're like, no, I'm going to do it anyway. That's how sick we are. It's like, you have tons of stuff to enjoy. Like, if you're not married, right, you have tons of things to enjoy. But there are certain things that God has reserved for marriage. And you're like, oh, well, that's the really one that I want to do. Then get married. Because the thing that you want to enjoy outside of marriage is not what that is. That's all something totally different. But we are like that. You know why? Because we're so sick, we like our kryptonite. We like being weak. We like feeling like my life stinks. We would never say that, but that's exactly what we do. Because when we do those things that separate us from the life of God, what happens? We feel lousy about life. 
And then you know what you do when you feel lousy about life? You do more and more things that make you feel lousier and lousier about life, and then you can't understand why you're so depressed all the time. You can't understand why you loathe your own life. It's because you have chosen to take kryptonite, make jewelry about it, put it all over your clothes, and live that way for the rest of your life. And it's just not logical. That's not what God wants. I think for some of us, we need to go decryptonite our lives right now. You need to start getting rid of all the things that is killing you. You know why? Because God loves you and he created you for life. And there's all sorts of things that he wants you to enjoy that you can't enjoy because you're busy playing with kryptonite, which is killing you. Make sense? Are you guarding your kryptonite? So it's amazing. So look what we've seen. We've seen that we were created for work. Work matters. So we want to do the work to the glory of God. We were given tremendous liberty in Christ. We have to have tons of fun in Jesus' name. There are some prohibitions. We call those prohibitions kryptonite. And the reason God prohibits them is because he loves us too much to hurt ourselves. And then I'm going to close in verse 18. It says, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Now, I love this. Because if you've read Genesis 1 and into 2, everything that God has made, he said, is good. Except for this first thing that's not good in God's eyes. That Adam is alone. God created all the animals. Adam got to name them all. All of it was fine. First thing that God says isn't good in that man is alone. Why? Because you were created for relationships. Every single one of us is hardwired for relationships. Now, I know our culture says that dog is a man's best friend. I'm here to tell you that's not in your Bible. And I'm not knocking dogs. I got a crazy licking dog like everybody else. Maybe your dog doesn't lick because you're a good owner or we're lousy owners. We let the thing lick everybody, you know. See, in our culture, the reason we think dog is our best friend, because you know what the beauty of a dog is? No matter how lousy of an owner you are, every time you walk in the room, that dog is just excited to see you. Like, you could have been so mean that dog, (laughs) so excited to see you. And we actually want our friendships like that. We want, we can treat people however we want. And we want everyone just to think that the world just got better because we walked in the room. And that's why we think dogs are our best friend. But you know what the thing is? The relationships that God created you for is more than just someone just thinking that you're God on earth. Because you're not God. God is God. And God created us for relationships that actually involve something called love. And the love in the Bible is a self-sacrificial love. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. A new commandment that I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And by this, you will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. That word love is the word agape. It means a self-sacrificial love, a self-giving love. Jesus is... God gave you permission to enjoy your life, just like he gave the whole garden to Adam in the beginning. He then gave one boundary to Adam, and it was to protect him. Pastor Daniel reminded you in today's message to guard your kryptonite instead of playing with it. Guard against the things that bring you weakness and lead to death. God set us free and gives us true freedom and shows us what to avoid as well. Hey, everybody, this is Pastor Daniel, and I want to be honest with you for a moment. Life is messy. And the hard reality is, if it isn't messy for you now, it will be 
and it probably has been in the past. Did you know that you can still thrive in tough times? It's true, but only through the power of Jesus. That's the purpose behind my book, Honestly. I want you to know how to keep living your best life in Jesus, no matter the circumstances. You can find out more about it and get your own copy at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Thanks for joining us as Pastor Daniel shared field notes for our journey of faith. Each one of this series highlighted something important that we need in order to be able to walk out our faith in this world. Which one stuck out to you the most? Maybe it was the call to serve, or the work of the Holy Spirit, or what it means to love sacrificially. Hold on to these field notes as we move into a new series next time. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio.